well, welcome, Shiv. Welcome to Behind the JPEG number 10. And uh, I'm glad to have you here. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, um, first of all, thank you for having me on. I feel like I've come at a good number, number 10. Uh, your 10th addition to this series. So it uh, feels great to be here and congrats, dude. Uh, I mean, I've seen you been doing this from the jump. So it's great to see how much progress you've made. Yeah, man, it's, it's been good. Number 10's come around quite quick, to be fair. I started in December and it's like, obviously I'm doing one a week. Uh, so occasionally I've done an extra one, but it's it, come, it comes around quite quick, you know, on to number 100 after this year. Dude, yeah, I can't wait for that. And yeah, bro, like, because I do mine on a weekly basis as well, but... You think you have enough time, but then it just rolls up on you all of a sudden. You're like, oh shit, I have it today. <laughs> so no, I definitely get what you mean. Yeah, man. I find it's like, um, I, I do it and then I'm like, okay, I've got to edit it up uh, throughout the week. And then I always always get to Friday. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I need to quickly just edit this piece and <laughs> this podcast together. And like, it's, it's it, it, time goes quick, you know, and I'm like, I'm working another job outside of this. I don't know if you do that or not, but. I do. I'm not full-time in this space uh, as man. of the current moment, but I do wish uh, perhaps down the line. Yeah, man, I agree. I agree. I agree. Well, I mean, if we're going to, we're going to kick it off here, Shiv, um, why don't you tell people who are listening, you know, a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, where they can find you, where you're from, that sort of thing. It's a great question. And I feel like when I'm asked, I, I still like, okay, how do I even like prepare everything I say? I feel like I've done so much. But let's just start simple. So, hi, my name is Shiv. I've been in the NFT space since October 2021. So if you guys were around for back then, that was like peak bull run. And prior to that, I was into crypto. So a lot of DeFi, a lot of shit coins. And that was a lot of fun. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. But um, so yeah, current, current market conditions ain't looking great. So uh, my experience in this space, I've been around tons of communities, tons of projects. I've worked from positions from a junior manager to community mod leader. Um, recently, um, looking at perhaps positions as advisory, whatever it is. So I've racked up quite a few um, experiences in the space. I currently do a weekly podcast style space um, called The Playbook with my co-host Sansa and Ziana. And the objective is to spread education with entertainment and using my platform to showcase creative individuals, amazing people in the space and overall have great conversations and connect. So that's a bit about myself. Yeah, that's good stuff. And where can they find the uh, Playbook podcast? Where is it currently located? So, yeah, so it's currently on Twitter, but I'm working on p posting it on Apple Music, Spotify and other platforms. And I do it on a weekly basis every Thursday, 2 p.m. EST, which is 7 p.m. Uh, UTC. I'll have to drop in for one of those. Uh, but if you ever need help with that, I can help you with that. I've got uh, this one's spread out on all the all the platforms. So if you ever need a hand, let me know. I can give you some advice with that one. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll talk yeah, to you about yeah. that later. Good stuff. Thank you. That's all right. And uh, so, you know, before you were in, so you haven't actually been in crypto not that long. If you said twenty twenty one. Yeah. So what? It's gonna be it's gonna be two years this yeah, year. I guess. Yeah. I'd count that as not as long as other people have had on. Some people have been here for yeah, ages, bro. But like, I've not been here that long. Definitely not. Yeah. When you, when you really look at it, like, oh, two years is not really that long. But when you're in the space itself, I feel like Web three never sleeps, and there's always something happening every day, and time just moves by so quickly. Yeah, it does. To be fair, it does seem like I've been like on Twitter and stuff for ages. This is this is a new account I'm on, but I, I had one prior to this and. Yeah, I mean, it, 
stuff you know i started in the shitcoin era as well um sort of like just pre-covid uh that crash we had in in sort of um when covid first hit and you know there was a whole year around of, of just pure shitcoin trading and degenerate behavior <laughs> and that that's when i got in and that was that was good I, I liked it a lot but it's different times now you know and it seems to be going more like uh more quality projects and stuff are actually coming forward and and poking through compared to like some of these terrible ones that were back back in the day yeah definitely oh man i feel like back then there was so much happening it's still the wild west in web 3 but if you go back like a year and go like back like another year or just like you keep on going back it's like worse and worse and worse so the space is maturing as we move forward but it's still pretty much like how do we move forward from this you know it's more it's a lot of trial and error and I feel like that's how we mature slowly throughout the space. Yeah, it is. I mean, some of the coins back then, man, like the gains were huge. Um, I, I know a guy who made literally like a, a grand, it turned into a quarter of a million. And he, he only ever cashed out like 20 grand or 15 grand. Um, but I had the same, man. I, I, I remember I, I put in about a grand and got 50K and never cashed out. <laughs> but times are a little bit different Dude. now. But um, those <laughs> coins, like you could put it into like anything and, and uh, the, the chances were something was going to pump back then. Good times though, good times. Yeah, no. <laughs> Bro, it's crazy because I've had a similar experience when the, on the NFT side, uh, I minted something for $600 and it went to 30K and I just didn't cash out either. So I think both of us have a hard time cashing out. And it's always profits. a good story. Everyone's always got their version of it, of like how they first, you know, never utilized the profits uh, somehow. Everyone seems to have their own like version of how much they never, you know, took out when they could have and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. When it comes to crypto and stuff, you know, like what, what, what got you into it? Like, were you told by a friend or did you just come across it? Yeah, I feel like I don't talk about this enough. So this was when, I don't know if you remember the GME or what was it? Um, GameStop and all the AMC stocks were uh, being pumped by uh, Wall Street bets, right? So I remember I was in that for a bit. I made absolutely nothing. I think I just exited. <laughs> I, made no <laughs> I, made, I actually didn't lose money, so I just um, broke even, right? And then shortly off, so what happened was one of my friends at the time, um, he invested a lot and he, he I think he lost some or made some. And then shortly after, like, like I think two months after he got into crypto and we just jumped on a Discord call because this, this is the time when I was just primarily using Discord for gaming. And he was like, yo guys, this is what I've been up to. I'm making, you know, like passive income through this and that. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. It sounds a bit too good to be true. And he he just kind of, you know, walked me through, this is what crypto is. This is how you make a wallet, um, everything like that. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll do it. Why not? I have some money to invest. And then I feel like that's where I really started. And I, I started learning more and more and more. And I feel like this space is quite addictive in that sense. Like you want to learn more. And yeah, so it started off with my friend literally just telling me about this DeFi project which in fact was printing a lot of money. But knowing me, I did not take enough profits at the time. Um, so yeah, so it's literally just started off, you know, with my friend telling me what crypto is and that just want, led to one thing to another. And to be fair, from the crypto side of things, I never really enjoyed it as much. You never had any sense of community. There was discords for it, but there was no real conversation happening. It was just, ask, it was just people asking, when's this happening? When's that happening? And then when I got into the NFT side of things, I was like, this is, this is a lot of fun. You know? Yeah, the differences between the NFT community and the crypto ones is huge. Like on Twitter and stuff, you know, you never saw 
or not nearly as much of uh, you know a community around uh, a crypto token and stuff that you do with like these profile pictures and stuff like this yeah no exactly so but yeah how, how did you get into this space if you don't mind asking yeah so um like i say um i, I mean I've, I've i first downloaded like coinbase and stuff i've said this in previous episodes actually where mm. bang on the covid crash like i remember seeing that bitcoin was like something, something like four grand or something like that it was really low i remember looking at my like i had some savings i was like okay i could buy three bitcoins i was like nah i'm never never spending that much on that it's crazy I obviously live to regret it now but um yeah my friend told me about it actually um but prior to that man like years and years ago um i used to be quite big into gaming and uh, my my other friend i used to game with he was talking about uh, mining some bitcoin um ages this was ages ago i don't even know what year this was um and we were looking into doing it and i started looking into it and it was just so confusing so i was like ah no way <laughs> like i can't do this and um obviously again another hindsight thing but yeah, I just sort of found out from from those two friends. Um, yeah, word of mouth, really. Um, yeah, but it's not an exciting story to be fair, because I don't know. I feel like everyone, a lot of people, definitely came in on the GameStop, like the back end of that GameStop stuff. Um, mm. And I think that's probably like I was looking more into it then when when it was. I guess when when the hype was going up, right? Um, but now, yeah, you've lived through the hype, and here we are in the bear market, kind of. We're like the last ones left, but. Um, it's it's yeah not an exciting story to be fair for me i feel like mine's not exciting when i when i tell people about it but in the moment it was pretty cool like holy shit what's this crypto thing like I, oh. it was kind of like a euphoric rush in a sense because i've never really quote unquote invested before i've never really put my money towards anything i was quite in, in a traditional sense like you know you put in a savings account you know then you just you know get a credit score obviously that's still you know very true you still got to kind of do the things but I never thought about ever investing into a decentralized platform, getting into crypto, the benefits of, you know, using a blockchain technology and stuff like that. I always, you know, you always hear about it like, oh, BTC is, you know, mooning, someone made so-and-so through like NFTs, but you never really think about it. And then once I got into it, I feel like I can't go back. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, when I'm when I'm just like talking to my friends or I'm just like in the real world, just like I'm like wow, like you know, it gives you a, a unique perspective. Yeah, there's definitely a certain type of person at the moment I'd say who's attracted to crypto and stuff. There's like a there's a bit of an obvious divide between people who think it's like you know fake internet money. I get people rinsing me at my work for that all the time because <laughs> they know I invest in crypto and stuff like that. Um, um, and there's obviously I guess. Um, limited knowledge on on one side of the argument there but yeah man i mean I, i'm similar to you i was always interested in like um investing before uh and i would you know i'd see like all these charts and stuff in like the standard stocks and shares and stuff like this uh never had a clue what any of it meant and the only time i really dived into it was really with the with the crypto side of things and then learning more and more about it and you know the potential for it to be used uh at, you know in everyday life as things go forward and and the technological like advancements it can it could provide to the whole you know the whole ecosystem of the world effectively um and then i got more excited about it and here i am <laughs> so you know it's just good stuff to yeah share. definitely and um, uh, i want to touch know. actually on one thing you said there just before we before we go over that i just wanted to say you said you were gaming before this i wanted to know what games you were playing bro because i like i like Dude. a bit of gaming myself yeah so 
I'm very into like PC games. Obviously, I was like, you know, on your console back in the day on the PlayStation, a lot of like Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. Uh, the lobbies were crazy. <laughs> but uh, I'm very much into like PC gaming. Uh, I've built my PC um, and I've had like countless, countless hours on like Steam. So like a lot of, um, what, CSGO, countless hours on that. Back in the day, <laughs> Team Fortress 2, yeah. Siege. I never got into League and I never will get into League on the record. I'll never get into League. I just, I see all my friends that play League and I'm like, this is extremely toxic and time consuming, but I played with games were way more toxic than that. <laughs> hey, Counter-Strike uh, was great. I, that was great. And Team Fortress 2, bro, you've like unlocked a memory there. That used yeah. to be so good. I used to play demo on that. And then like the guy with a little grenade launcher and that. Oh That's my great. god, yeah. Um my first PC game actually that like I purchased was Minecraft. So that would always be in my heart. Um countless hours in Minecraft. Literally like just out just when it got out of beta, that's when I got uh, Minecraft. So actually that's when I was playing Minecraft. So good yeah, old days. That's another and, another good game, man. Yeah, and I feel like one of the last few games I played a lot. I don't play as much as before because I feel like um, I've got other priorities. I feel like I play on a very like, occasional sense, but a lot of Rust and Apex Legends. Yeah, Rust is another good one. I mean, I say I play games now. I don't, yeah, I don't play nearly as much as I used to. Um, you know, I used to, like, uh, I don't know if you heard of Ark Survival Evolved, like that dinosaur game. Yeah. Yeah, I've like, like the hours on that, bro. <laughs> Immense. <laughs> so many. Now I just play, like, um, I always like strategy games, and I play a bit of Age of Empires 2, like the, the, I don't know if you know that game. Like strategy game, anyway. Yeah, yeah, no. Nah, from like ninety nine, bro. It's old. <laughs> everyone's like known that game. It's I've seen it like countless times. Yeah, they got um, that like uh, remastered edition though, and still yeah. play it now with my mates. It's good. Um, but you know, but okay, I want to I want to bring us bring us off the games now. I'm just going to ask you actually because I wanted to ask you this. Outside of this, are you like you know? I don't know how much you want to dox on sort of work you do or have done or like study and stuff like this. Like, have you ever been to uni? stuff like that yeah so first of all i'm quite doxxed <laughs> so prior to me using this twitter for primary like just literally like web3 and nfts i used to use it for memes and like i like use it between my friends and stuff like that so i had no problem posting my picture and stuff like that like if you guys want to know my instagram i'll literally tell you guys uh i follow shiv web3 um <laughs> um nice. but yeah uh, i'm pretty doxed so if you guys don't know i'm currently 21 years old uh, i turned 22 in april um and i did go to university i studied accounting but when it got to like the final year of my uni uh degree I felt like by the time I was in this space as well, and I was like, I really don't want to do this long term, like doing because I've I've done work experience and I've done internships in accounting firms, and I felt like this is not where I want to take my career, um, long term. So after I graduated last summer, I spent like the next six months learning how to code, uh, primarily using Java um, and a few other languages. Uh, and so yeah, I've been just racking up experience coding uh, and stuff like that. So I'm going to be applying to, um, you know, software engineering, software testing kind of roles very soon. And yeah, that's what I've been on. I've literally just been learning code this whole time, spending time in Web3. I really want to make my name in Web3 and Korea as well. I kind of see this as like, not necessarily like a side hustle because I treat it like a main hustle. So it's like a 50-50 in a sense, like, I still got my web two stuff that I want to do and I like coding. So and I know that'll benefit me in this space in any shape or form. So I have that going and you know, I'm in this space as well. 
Yeah. Would you be looking to join like um, when you say like a career, I guess like people who hire for Web3 stuff now would probably be like exchanges and stuff like this. Um, or are you looking for like more as as time goes on, I assume more and more uh, companies are probably going to be wanting to get into, you know, blockchain style development in whatever way they deem fit is that like are you looking for those sort of new jobs that are appearing now as you know as time goes so, on yeah i'm very um very open to any opportunity down the line um right now i'm kind of looking for jobs it centered around like software testing so this is like a lot of database and back-end testing because that's what i've been primarily learning but once you pick up coding you can learn a lot of other languages pretty easily so once um i've kind of got that going once i've kind of got like my schedule and stuff going i want to learn a few more languages and perhaps get into blockchain technology because i think being a developer is really cool and it all ties into everything i'm doing as well yeah, it's good, man. I mean, a few of the guests I've had on are learning uh, coding and stuff like that as well. They've spoken about it. And I've I've been tempted to learn. I've, I've got like a load of books and stuff to start reading, but I don't know. My <laughs> I thought I could maybe do it, and then my brain just starts reading it, and I, I think I feel like I'm just fried as soon as I read it. I'm like, okay, I, can't, I, don't, know if, I don't know if my brain can handle this stuff, man. It looks so complicated. Yeah, no, dude, I felt completely the same. So throughout school, I never enjoyed coding. <laughs> like I, I think I'm not gonna blame my teacher, but Loki, I'm gonna blame her because she never made the lessons enjoyable. I feel like when you make something enjoyable, no matter what it is, you'll learn, you'll remember it, and you'll feel quite passionate towards it. So when I started picking up myself, I think I just had a very inner drive to actually learn coding. And I was doing a course, by the way, so it's a six months course. And the way they taught it, it was very interactive. It was quite enjoyable, and it was bite sized each time. So. Uh, like throughout the six months, I could easily pick up everything that they were teaching. And by the time it got to the end, um, I felt I learned a lot throughout it. So it's just the way that the teaching style is when it comes to it. But I feel like anything there is, anyone can learn it. Like I never saw myself being someone who codes coming from an accounting degree. But here we are. Yeah, it might be. Maybe it's worth me going for a course instead of trying to do self-taught because self-taught requires like a lot of motivation to to do it every day. And yeah, a lot of accountability. Yeah. yeah and also you know funny enough actually you're saying like you're doing accounting I, I remember i did a night course for that um a, a few quite a few years ago now because it was interesting to me and i remember i went for like three lessons and i was like okay this isn't for me either <laughs> I was like, I was like, too much i like maths and I, I used you know i used to like maths and physics and all that sort of thing in school like you know like a lot of maths based things but accounting for me was i think it was like the idea of going into work and sitting at a desk uh doing just Back, banging in numbers all day i didn't i didn't like it as much and i'm not gonna knock anyone who wants to do it but just for me i found um maybe not as much enjoyment in it i don't know if you fa like found the same sort of thing yeah similar sort of sentiment um you know when i started my degree i thought this is the career i want to go down you know working in an office kind of going that financial route in a sense because i saw a lot of like family friends do it a lot of people that i'm related to go through that and i'm like okay i'm gonna go through this because i enjoyed maths and econ at high school um but when it got to like second and third year i realized the way that the world is going and the way that i want to go towards it's kind of like i want to work from anywhere across the world and that's being able to work from home on like a digital platform um like because a nine to five in a financial field we have to go into office it's not a nine to five it's more of a 6 a.m to 7 p.m because you have to wake up early, get ready, go to the office, you know, take the train, whatever it is. And then you're not actually leaving on time because most of the time you're probably socializing. You're probably going out with your colleagues, which is really important to do. 
and then you're leaving quite late and then you get back home and you have almost no time to yourself. And I felt like I don't want to get into that cycle because I'm very passionate in this Web3 space. And if I'm doing that, I'm never going to have time to allocate to this kind of hustle I'm doing right now. Whereas if I work from home, find a career where I'm quite passionate that works in my, my favor, I'm quite flexible with, I have time to allocate to this space and I'm doing something I probably enjoy way more. And I can work from anywhere across the world. Yeah, and you get that bonus of like freedom as well, like a bit more time to yourself, like you say. Um, that's very important, I think. And I guess it's easy to feel sort of stuck in a, you know, if you're going to a nine to five, but like you say, you've got to travel there. You're spending hours, you know, every week going to and to and from work. Uh, it can get you it can get you down really like your mental health and stuff not having enough time outside of work definitely and uh, for anyone who probably works in this sector there's not a way to knock it down at all this is just um my perspective into things i know a lot of friends in the financial field that enjoy it they wanted to become accountant they wanted to work at these jobs and fair enough that, that's for you and congratulations you know you're achieving your dreams um but for me i felt like and this probably this space is the reason why I felt like, wow, I can do my Web3 stuff from anywhere. I can do it from my phone on the go. I can be in another city, another country, and I'm able to communicate, you know, work for projects. I thought this is incredible. Uh, so that's kind of where my goals aligned. But yeah, that's a bit about me. Yeah, I think I think the future of this um the whole world is sort of going like, well, at least in the UK, there's a lot of more like working from home now. And a lot of these things that are, you know, or these new jobs that are going to come up won't require anyone to go into an office. So it, may, it makes sense to be honest what you're doing. And uh, yeah. while, while we're on the subject of, you know, um, outside of, you know, we're talking about, you know, your accountancy and all this sort of thing. Uh, have you got any sort of hobbies or investments like outside of crypto, not related to web three. So, you know, you're looking at stocks or anything or, like I say, even hobbies, what, what what else do you find yourself sort of doing? Yeah, so yeah, I feel like it's quite important not to put all your eggs into one basket. That being said, I in this current moment, I don't have any stocks. Um, <clears throat> I used to have what, a bit of Amazon, a bit of Netflix, Tesla, you name it, but uh, everything's quite down bad. <laughs> um, so I'm not currently focusing on uh, investing onto these companies. I'm kind of focusing on um, building my name in the space, kind of securing that Web2 job that um, I kind of just discussed about. And then once I'm making a steady income, then I'm more inclined to invest, if that makes sense. I feel like people invest more than they should. And when things don't go in the favor, they feel, okay, I've got nothing left. And, you know, I feel like that happens to a lot of us. I felt, I felt like I was very close to that point as well. So... I'm kind of prioritizing instead of, okay, if I'm going to invest, I need to have that income coming in first and then I can allocate some of that income towards stuff that I truly believe will be successful in the future. Um, so that's what like kind of the stocks and investment side of things. I'm very into fitness. Uh, we can talk about that as well, like how I got into fitness if you want to. Yeah, for sure, man. I've had a few people on here who are big fitness people. Uh, obviously, we had yeah. Sansa on episode two, man. <laughs> the the man of fitness himself. So, yeah, let's let's talk a bit about that if you're if you want to tell me how you got into that. And, yeah, you know, what sure. age did you start working out in that as well? Because I I didn't I didn't do it until quite recently. Uh, well, I say recently, a few years properly um, prior to that. Yeah, when I was younger, I didn't really do it so much. Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like fitness is quite important in general and i feel like it's not discussed enough in this space because people work ridiculous amount of hours in this space a ridiculous amount of time and i feel like they don't prioritize themselves 
So, but that's a whole other topic in itself. Let's talk about how I got into fitness. So, COVID. Uh, COVID came, lockdown. It was winter in London. This is what the year two thousand twenty. Um, this is our second lockdown in the UK, and th- th- at this point in life, every day was pretty much the same. I wake up, wouldn't do much, kind of procrastinate, p- play games, do my u- university work, and stay up late, rinse and repeat every day. And you wouldn't even feel inclined to go out because it's winter. What well, the sun pretty much goes down at like three, four p.m. And it got to the point where I was like, "Do I really want my life to be like this?" It, when you once you, it was kind of like my lowest point in life because I wasn't having many social interactions besides playing games with my friends. I wasn't taking my diet seriously. I wasn't taking things any like seriously at all. Not even like my university degree. So when the new year came. So it's January 2021. I was like, I'm going to make a change in my life. And I've been planning to work out for a while, but I never had the motivation to. So New Year, spark of motivation that everyone gets at the beginning of the year. I started working out and I had quite a few friends who were working out prior to this. So I got a lot of support and help from kind of like how should I structure my workout to nutrition. I did a lot of research prior. And it's true. I didn't see results for, I say the, the first two months but the thing is I knew I had to stick with it because I've seen my friends do crazy transformations and I knew I could do the same so literally just doing home workouts from dumbbells that I ordered from the first lockdown when I had like a bit of motivation I was just yeah I was just doing home workouts in the room I'm currently in and started taking progress pictures every week and I started seeing a difference and once you start seeing that hard work pay off it gets really addictive, like, oh my God, okay, I, I want to take this to the next level, to the next level. And I'm very proud of what I've achieved, but you'll never be satisfied, if that makes sense, because I'm always aiming for something higher. Uh, fast for two years, um, yeah, I've really honed in my nutrition. I'm always learning new things about fitness, working out, diet, sleep, recovery, you name it. Um, because it allows me to bring the best version of myself to the, you know, the, to the stage. Um, when I'm in a social setting, when I'm trying to do work, my mind's clear. I feel very confident. I feel I feel very confident the way I look, the way I feel, and that translates into having a better quality of life. So yeah, I've been lifting for two years, and that's kind of how I got into it. I was just at my lowest, and I wanted to change. Yeah, man, we got a very similar story actually. Because I, I remember in the lockdowns, um, I think it was in the COVID lockdown period there's too there was too many lockdowns i'm confused now but that one of them me and my friends started doing a uh, running we were running for the half like a half marathon that was coming up uh it was like six months we had or maybe eight months in advance and i remember like i was hitting the gym i was running like almost every day um you know i was looking like the best i ever looked and it was it was all it was all during covid i don't know if it's because life was so boring <laughs> that like everyone got more and more into doing fitness i guess it was like a big thing was a big deal was made in the UK about having your like one trip out in like in the daytime, you know, where it's walking the dog or going on a walk or a run. So everyone was like, Oh, well, we're going to get out. We're going to start, you know, running training for this. Um, unfortunately that half marathon was actually called off because of COVID. Um, so we never actually ended up doing it. And then I, then I sort of fell off the wagon a bit. Um, and then I've tried getting back on it now in, in the last couple of months and it's, it's going well, but man, yeah, like winter in the UK as well, like you were saying, it's so depressing here that it's like, it's so easy to get in a cycle where you're just indoors, you know, like say like playing games or just even like on, on Twitter, not really caring about 
you know, you, you don't realize, but you're, you know, you're almost neglecting your, your body and stuff. And it's, it's not good for your mental health, let alone your physical health. So it's always good to, um, you know, get out there and get, at least get moving, you know, like go on a walk at the very least. It's, uh, it's very good for like mental health and stuff like this. Um, but you know, and, and going on to, um, as well, uh, I wanted to also ask you, um, like we were saying earlier about your, you, you know, you're, you're from London, obviously you said, and you, you know, you're quite doxxed on here. Um, I wanted to actually ask you how, how you found it being doxxed on Twitter and having people know your face. That's a great question because I know a lot of people are not going to show their face or whatever they don't feel comfortable with, but I feel like just general life, the way that the real world, professional world works is like, you got to show who you look like and stuff like that. But I never even considered about being doxxed. That, I never even knew about that whole thing until I joined this space, like, oh, people don't show their identity and stuff like that. I'm like, fair enough. Um, I feel like, see, it's hard to compare, like, how it would be if I wasn't doxxed, but I feel like it's benefited me. The reason being, because we're all human at the end of the day. And I feel like if you know who the other person is behind the mic, behind that JPEG, right, you feel more comfortable to talk to them. You feel more comfortable to connect with them. And I feel like, hey, this is me. You know, I'm literally like any other person you know, on this planet, um, who has a personality who is enjoying the web three space as much as you. And I feel like, cause we know the importance of building a high value network and relations in this space. So me being who I am, I, I literally just be who I am in this space, in any, in any other space as well. And I feel like it, it's benefited me because I feel more connected to majority of people I'm with. Yeah, I mean, I've considered it before, and I probably will at some point. And, and I'm not really that worried about doing it, but I, I don't know why I haven't done it yet. I guess, I, I guess there is, I, I guess there's like a mild piece of worry there, but it's, I'm not yeah, that worried. I think, thing is, I think people have have like that. I think it's in the head, right? That you just blow things out of proportion. We just do it naturally as humans. Um, I feel like a lot of people. No, well, I'm I'm not gonna generalize, but I feel like some people don't dox because they might be up to to like some shady shit. I'm not saying that you are, but I know a lot of people in this space do that because we've had a lot of bad actors in this space. A lot of people have been burnt from projects and founders alike. I've been I've been here for the whole thing, so that's a that's that's one reason why many people don't dox. I guess uh, another reason why is you know for safety reasons, and that's completely fine. Uh, I understand that completely as well. But again, I don't think it's super big of a deal unless you're doing something that's dodgy, something that is unethical in a sense. Yeah, I think for me, like, um, I'm going to share something here. Like, in my life, I've always been quite an anxious person. And I've, I don't really care. I don't care what anyone thinks about, like, the way I look, if you know what I mean. I'm not, like, worried about anyone's opinion. But like you say, I'm, like, the safety aspect. I don't know. In the back of my head, I'm, like, I'm, like, worried about who's... I don't know. There's there's definitely dodgy people out there who are like you know might try and manipulate people or you know be bad actors in in like a more IRL context, um, which is what I don't like. But I mean, again though, like I don't know. I'm not actually scared of someone coming up to you in person. So I guess it's one of those things I'll probably have to look at. You know what I mean? I probably will dox at some point. Yeah, I can't wait for that. You should make a into a little party. <laughs> What a doxing party on a space? <laughs> I mean, what? Um, I'll tell you, we'll attend I, I that party. When, no one. I, remember, <laughs> I would. I remember when Frank did it, and that was huge. That was a lot of fun. Um, but I think it's it's really interesting because 
I've spoken to so many people across the months, and then you, when you finally see their face, I was like, wow, that's that's how you look like. That's you. That's you, and not in a negative way, but that's like, wow, like because people forget like behind the JPEG is a human, you know. We're so inclined to seeing an animated character, a monkey penguin you name it and you're like oh yeah wait there's, there's literally a, a, an actual human that looks like me behind <laughs> behind yeah, that account <laughs> everyone everyone always finds themselves saying this like you say the name the, the title of this podcast basically and this is why i'm doing it because like you know when i'm looking on this spaces now i'm looking at your profile picture for some reason and, and like the first context is like i'm like oh yeah it's just this little like, anime dude speaking <laughs> but it's not is it you know what i mean um and it's it's very easy for, for pe people to not realize that like yeah, behind that picture is actually someone who has a you know their day to day life. They've got stuff going on, they've got experiences, and they've got things they've done in their life that you know knowledge um, that you know might might prove useful and stuff like this. And it's it's yeah, it's this is sort of the point of this as well. Like people get to hopefully find out a bit more about like say like you know you've come on here, <clears throat> you might have shared something that people might not have known about you. Um, it's very easy to miss things when people are on live spaces and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're both in agreement on that. Definitely. And, and you know, talking about doxing and um, your, your, almost your own personal brand, right? I, I want to sort of ask your, sort of, you know, how have you gone about growing your personal brand and, and what are you sort of doing around that? Um, I see you speaking on, like, these big spaces um, and, you know, you're really getting out there, bro. <laughs> so I want to know if I you've got any sort that. of advice and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um... It's a great question because I feel like a lot of people try and imitate other people in this space. And it's not inherently bad if you're following someone that is, you know, doing something great in the space and someone who you look up to. But at the end of the day, you've got to have your own personality to really stick out your own identity that we say, own personal brand. Um, the way I go about things, I think we kind of just start like the beginning of like when I started really, you know, taking Twitter seriously. So I primarily primarily had Twitter in the sense of, like I said, you know, using it for friends, memes and whatnot. And then when I switched to the Web3 side of things, I was literally just using it for giveaway retweets. And um, I quickly realized that Twitter is, you know, where everything's at. This is where all the alpha is. This is where the information is. This is where you connect with projects and stay up to date with a lot of information. So that's why I really transferred to kind of keeping my timeline clean, making sure I'm up to date with all the news but I wasn't like posting content per se. And my tweets wouldn't bang, whatever it is, whatever points, like you have the occasional ones that do really well, whatever. But I never had my own personal brand. I was kind of someone who's just trading uh, a lot. I was a Discord maxi per se. Never really took Twitter seriously in terms of posting content. Um, so fast forward, let's say we come around NFT London. I don't know if you attended any events, did you? No, I've been thinking about it. Um, actually, like we we're saying on the docs in front, I think that's probably the first time I've docked if I met people in like IRL as opposed to yeah. Twitter. Well, that's another thing we talk about as well. Like you're you're not docs, but you go to these events and you see people that you know, but you're like in incognito because no one knows how you look like, but you know all of them. That's incredible. Um, but yeah, going back to um, NFC London, so I had a few members of the Tama uh, community members come to London, and then we kind of just met up. Uh, we went out for food, kind of just, I took them around. I, went, I took them to Nando's, as you should in the UK. <laughs> and then we're just having a great conversation and they're like, and they're all full-time Web3, right? Well, I think all of them are. And they're just telling me, Shiv, you need to really prioritize on the skills that you're great at, which is me kind of being vocal in the sense, you know, like we are right now on Twitter spaces, 
I had great network from just being active in the Discord. And I knew my way around the space. I had a lot of knowledge because I did a lot of educational seminars in Discords. And I was like, okay, you know what? There's a lot of information that's been spread within the Discord VCs. It's a bit unfair that it's kind of token-gated and a lot of people in the space are just not educated on a lot of factors that they should be known about, right? So I literally started doing my Twitter spaces. My first one was with, you know, founder of PG, Shen, MGL, um, and a few other ones as well. Um, and we kind of just, it kind of just took off from there. And I realized that I want to educate people in this space. I want to entertain and I want to give people a platform because I love to give back to people who have supported me in this space. And I love to see a lot of people rise up. And I, I have a great say for this. You know, it's it's easy to reach out to a founder who's made it, but it's hard to reach out to a founder in the making. And I want to give people who are basically founders in the making a platform to, you know, rise up. People that we're in this space with day in, day out, they have the possibilities to create something incredible. So that's kind of like my kind of platform is to educate, entertain, and just help each other. Uh, that's what I kind of do. I, I tweet a lot about kind of like in self-improvement and whatnot. I support my friends in in similar contexts because um, in this bear market, there's a serious lack of education. If you enter in this bear, enter in this bear market, you should be using this time to learn as much as you can. So I'm kind of putting that as a forefront. But if you're someone who does follow me, I love memes. I love, you know, posting stuff with my friends and stuff like that. So don't take everything I post in a, like a literal form because um, I was in a space with uh, Money Rich and we were just joking around. So as much as I love to educate and entertain, I love to joke around amongst friends, which is, I think, a great thing to have as well, like in general. Yeah, man, 100%. This, this Twitter space um, scene is so good for like, you can get both great value and also great connections with people. Like that space we had the other day and Menace's space was so good. <laughs> and it's like a lot less serious than this. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've laughed so much in the Twitter space, bro. That was just too funny. You guys... Bro, I came out of my shell in that one. <laughs> yeah, so you really did. You really did. I would say you can go back and listen to it, but it was not recorded. So it was yeah, one of those was... moments you just had to be there. And I'm good. so glad I was. <laughs> <laughs> there was more there'll, there'll be more i'm sure but i mean it's weird i found myself like um you know doing these when i first you know the first ones i did i can hear a difference like in my voice in terms of um you know like nervousness and uh worrying about like tripping over words and stuff i don't really worry about that now um but it's it's one of those things where i think like speaking skills uh, i don't know if you found this doing your discord like do you reckon that's helped you um improve your you know speaking skills in general yeah so i'm glad you actually touched upon this because my my whole kind of like you can say niche of what i'm kind of representing is a lot of you know being vocal a lot of public speaking and if you spoke to my real life friends they'd be like they would have never expected me to be a public speaker in a sense never being you know able to talk in hundreds of thousands of people that i've done before and that's literally just come due to practice my NFT journey started when I literally just joined the Hape Discord and I jumped in the VC and I just started asking questions. Not many people in the VC at that time, but I was just open and asking questions and I got, you know, very positive feedback in the sense like, thank you for asking questions. You know, I learned a lot from it. And then when you spend a lot of time jumping from Discord to Discord, especially in hype projects, the, the VC is going to be full. So I spent a lot of time just talking and you naturally just build up your public speaking skills in that kind of sense. And then when it really took off for me 
um, is when I started doing seminars. Um, to get whitelist, you know, you really had to stick out. So I did a lot of educational seminars within um, certain communities. So I'm talking in a range of 30 to like 70 people. And I would say it was not easy at the beginning because, you know, sometimes you you stumble uh, over your words, which I still do to this day. <laughs> um, you kind of just don't uh, speak properly, whatever it is. Sometimes you, you're thinking one thing and you say another thing. And it comes with practice. Public, It's a skill. It's a skill. And the way that you perfect a skill is by practicing it. By no means I am a great speaker at all, but I'm practicing it. And practice, you know, you learn over time how to get better at it. Yeah, I mean, so, I, think, I think you're a good speaker. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, over time, that kind of just evolved because now my network's increasing. I'm talking to more people on a regular basis. Um and then it kind of evolved to my first Twitter space that I actually did, which was in the summer. So I did a Twitter space over the summer representing this project. And my first Twitter space, I had 500 like live listeners. Um, summer was a crazy time because this was still not like the, the worst of the market that has been. So there was still a lot of people in the space. So that's where it really started uh, in terms of like speaking in terms of huge crowds. And over time, I started joining a lot of other big spaces, um, e.g. like Ryan Carson, who averages around 2,000 uh, listeners per like uh, space he does, and a lot of other big names that I thought I'd never be able to talk to. But here I am um, with the months I've used, you know, just talking, building up my public speaking skills. I'm able to talk on these uh, big spaces and not feel necessarily, you know, nervous or worried at all. And yeah, I was going to say one more point. Um, yeah, yeah. I do always feel nervous in a sense, but it's not a bad one. It's a good nervous because I'm trying to push out the best quality of information. So it's a good nervous that you have. Yeah. Someone said to me um, about getting butterflies in their stomach, uh, still getting them, but they, they fly in formation now. I, I like that as a saying. Um, Cause I think that's quite, quite true though. Like I, I get nervous. I was, it's weird before these, I don't get like nervous about speaking to the person per se, I don't know. I just get nervous about messing up, but then I think like, what is that actually to mess up? Not a lot. I mean, like I've spoken to you, you know, prior to this, so it's like not very nerve wracking. Other people I've done the earlier ones, I was a bit more nervous. And some of like the um, projects I've had on have been quite big viewing numbers for me, anyway. <laughs> and that you know, but then I I think that they're probably just as nervous. So you know, it's never it's never gone badly anyway. Yeah, no, definitely. I I get what you mean. Um... And I'm so glad that you brought that butterfly thing because every time I host my weekly show, The Playbook, uh, you think um, like I just wing it and whatever, right? I just feel perfectly fine. But no, I do get those butterflies. I do feel that sort of good, nervous reaction. But it keeps me, keeps me focused. It, it keeps me um, in tune of the conversation, keeps me focused. Um, I think that's why people love... Well, I say love. I feel like that's people... That's the reason why people like joining my spaces. But yeah, it, it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. I'm so glad it, it, you said that. It's like butterflies um, flying in formation. Yeah, it's good. It's, and, you know, it's good to know that other people also <laughs> feel the same way as me. And mate, mine's so small. Like my, my, my community and stuff like this, what I'm putting out is it's better for me because I get more of my views on the podcast, which is edited, right? <laughs> so it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, everything I want is on that. And the views I get on Spotify and Apple and all these places are like, you know, they're seeing what, what side of me I, I want them to see, you know what I mean? Whereas 
this is like the part which makes me more nervous. Like if we were on Discord, just you and me, it wouldn't be so bad. <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. it's all right though. Some sometimes there's like like this that we've only you know we've only got one person listening. It's it's easier for me. But yeah, for me, I I don't know. I like it. I enjoy it. Um, and you know, let's bring it back to you. For, I want to ask you one more personal thing, and then I want to get on to a couple of crypto questions actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to just ask you what are, what are your goals for twenty twenty three. Or, or just overall, if you could like yeah. sort of name some goals. Yeah, it's a great question, and I've put. I feel like I've put a lot of thought into this. In a sense, um, I have some written out, but they're more personal goals. But I'll talk about the ones that um, I kind of can say on a public setting. Um, not that the followers matter to me so much, but in a sense that I feel like it's a nice milestone to hit. So I think by the end of the year, hitting 50K followers would be pretty nice because then you've built a platform where you can leverage it in any way possible. You can leverage it into another platform, like the where, like let's say YouTube, wherever you have already a great following on Twitter, so you can take that in there. And not that I care about the numbers so much, but I care more about the quality of followers. I'd rather have like a thousand great followers than a, um, you know 10K botted followers, wherever it is. So that's one of the goals. Another goal is I've I don't know if I this thing I don't want to be known as like an influencer. I want to be known more as a thought leader in the space um, because I feel like influencers kind of have like a bad tag to them. And if you want to be an influencer, by all means, that's that's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly fine. But the, I think what aligns with me is being more of a leader in the space. I want to make I want to push the direction of Web three for a better future. I know I want to kind of be on the forefront of it educating helping each other you know making sure that things go the way they should um in a space that is literally like the wild west things are changing by the moment and i want to make sure that you know that my people the people that support me the people that you know are here in this space are moving in the right direction so being known as a thought leader someone who is not because i feel like an influencer they're pressured into doing everything correctly and anything they do bad, it it's horrible, right? That's how people think. But when you're a thought leader, it's like you build all of that through experience. People can see that. I'm as human as anyone else. So that's another goal I have. Another goal I have is, of course, you know, we're trying to make money in this space. Of course, you know, we wouldn't be in this space if we weren't. Let's be real. So I think I want to make a sustainable income in this space as well. Like I said, I'm not in this space full time. Because um, I'm not, I'm just I'm not making that bread like that just yet. <laughs> but I want to make uh, I want to make a sustainable income. Um, I used to think I used to think that if I was going to be in this space full time, I'm going to be making money through trading and just working random positions. But that's not the way to go about it. I think I want to make a position. I want to make um, money using my platform, and I think that's going to happen this year with the way that things are going on Twitter, the way that I'm building my network. Um, so I want to make a, you know, a nice income on the side, um, and then perhaps, um, get to the point where, um, okay, I can be full-time web three. So yeah, three goals, uh, 50 K followers, be known as a thought leader and make a good income from this space. And they're, and they're three goals. They're as good as any, I think they're very good goals. And I hope that you do hit that 50 K figure. Um, <clears throat> like you say, there is obviously a difference between quality followers and mass i guess followers and i think that you're you've got quality followers now and i, I think that you deserve to hit you know 50k it's a very deserved position like you know i've listened to you on spaces for a while we've you know spoken for a while in, in chats and stuff and it's yeah 
no, you're very deserved of it. So I think you'll get there, to be honest. And, and and with that, you know, like you said about being like a thought leader and stuff, is that will just come with it, really. As long as you don't change, you know, don't change yourself. I, I can't see why that wouldn't wouldn't happen. And I guess, and then with all of this comes more opportunities for jobs and stuff. So, yeah. And, and as time goes on, um, these sorts of job positions are probably more likely to open up and have like, you know, as, you know, as technology advances and in, in, in sort of the IRL setting as well, people might, you know, require you for certain things or, or even just on here, like you're already doing. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's uh, good. It's good goals, man. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. And I think what's lovely is a lot of friends that, so majority of my real life friends are not in this space, <laughs> but they actually, um, they're always quite curious to know what I'm up to, what I'm doing and stuff like that. So when we ever get in a call with perhaps like with my friends and the boys or whatever, or just like linking up and they just ask questions and stuff like that. And they're like, wow, that's incredible. That's so sick. You're, you're doing that. Um, and cause it's like something that I would have expected myself to do, but I'm doing it. And then when I'm discussing with my friends, they're like, well, they're quite supportive of it. And each like mini milestone I hit, you know, they support it. So I'm quite grateful for the people I'm surrounded by in, in the Web3 space and in the real life. Yeah, it's good. It's always um, funny to tell people who, you know, don't quite understand what we're talking about, about like little milestones. Like I was telling, um, I've told my family about, I don't know, some gains I've made on a crypto or some amount of followers and stuff. And they're like, ah, cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But like they don't fully <laughs> understand what I'm saying, but I do have a few friends who are in this space, but not not many, and not not as deep as I am, like on the Twitter side of things and stuff. Yeah, just get me wrong. Like a lot of my there's a good, there's a good portion of my real life friends that I just hate NFTs. <laughs> I'm like fair enough, yes. but I think I think that just comes back to the lack of education. To be fair, yeah, true, and actually, good good way to seg segue off of this. Talking of NFTs, I want you to tell me a bit about the current PFP you're rocking. Uh, a little bit about that and we, well, then we're going to use this to hop into some crypto and nft talk yeah so great question so this uh red-headed uh, man that you see in front of you with a samurai sword um <laughs> comes from the project atama uh the reason why i've been rocking this for the past seven months now wow um longest i've rocked um anything um in terms of pfp reason being um it's, it's the first community, the first project where I truly felt I had emotional connection with, with the team, the founder, the way they went about everything was superior quality. Um, building a community is vital in the space for any project because it's very community driven. So when I joined Atama, um, the founder, the whole team, they're on VC, they're on tech, still communicating with the community members. And if you come from the bull run, you know that was like almost impossible to get. You will never be able be able to talk to the founders of like the team, for instance. So being able to talk to MGL, the founder of Atama, I've had um, many hours in VC with him and DM, um, just understanding his vision, um, what he wants to bring to the space, what he wants to bring to the project. Um, it was great to get that insight from him. Um, also, I'm just a fan of the artwork. So the main like goal with um, Atama was deliver high quality anime pfps to anime enthusiasts and everything else is just a cherry on top that they provide so i i, I enjoy watching anime there's quite a few shows that i do enjoy watching so i do um enjoy having this as my pfp another thing is the tama uh community it's quite tight-knit now we had a second uh we had gen 2 drop yesterday which is a larger size collection 
But when Atama dropped, it was a 333 and then expanded into a 666, which is still a small collection in hindsight to a lot of other projects. So being able to connect to a lot of members within the community, build my network, help me build my name in the space. Um, it's why I rock this PFP. Like I said, when um, a few Atama members came to London and kind of just gave me that insight of what I should do in the space level, um, you know, I'm quite grateful for that. And I wouldn't have met them if I wasn't part of this project per se. So I've met a lot of incredible people through Atama. So just to recap what I said, because I felt like I said a lot. Um, I love the I, I love the artwork. I had a great connection with the team, which I still do. And the, the community is amazing. So, yeah. And everything else is a cherry on top. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is the good thing about the NFT community is like, by simply, you know, having your, your PFP as a certain thing, you're, you're basically becoming a part of a community. And if you're active in it, uh, you can get to know some great people through that. And then, it, it, like you say, it's like a good way to start your, you have like a support, almost a support network of people behind you, especially if you're new to the space. It's, it's, I think it's quite helpful. I, I don't rock an NFT profile picture, obviously. Um, but I, and I've thought about doing it, but obviously I, I'm sort of coming from a place that it's like, this is my personal brand, I guess. It'll be hard for me to swap. I feel like I'll be swapping NFTs too much. You know what I mean? So we're swapping different pictures. Yeah, no, I definitely hear that. Um, personally, I just would not recommend switching our PFPs on a regular basis. Maybe after like a couple months, stuff like that. But the thing is, in this space, it's essentially your brand uh, per se. Um, obviously, you know, everyone knows me just by my PFP. Obviously, people know me through the character I am. But it's the first thing that people see, you know, visually. So you want to keep it pretty much the same as much as you can. I understand if you want to change communities down the line, whatever represents something else that you're more than welcome to. But when it comes to like, yeah, rocking a PFP, find something that you quite like. Doesn't necessarily have to be a uh, an NFT, but something that you can rock as your brand and something that's recognizable. Yeah, you want people to sort of, you know, if you hop in a space, they don't even have to look at your name. Like they can just see who it is from the picture. And it it's just easier that way. And I think it is a, a thing that, some people, you know, might not even think about, and they might change their their profiles, you know, every other week or every other day. And it's, it's but I think it is helpful in the long run if you want to be easily recognised amongst people you're trying to sort of network with. Um, and you know, go, going off the back of this uh, NFT profile picture talk, I want to I want to get your sort of top three picks for NFT projects or even crypto projects. But I'm, I've got a funny feeling you lean more into NFTs, so I'm going to say, <laughs> um, but if you want to chuck a crypto project in there. Um, if you've got a top three kind of list, if not, yeah, I mean, crypto projects, you said, well, NFT or crypto, whichever you find easier to, because Ooh. you might lean into NFTs more <laughs> than crypto, you know, his thing. So I've not touched the crypto side of projects for pretty much since last year. So that's <laughs> right. Thought... Do NFTs then. Do you have any, yeah. would you say you'd have a top three? <sighs> top, top three. Two? Or projects yeah, you like. Sure. So, how about this? I'm not going to mention Atama because, you know, um, I'm representing it. I'm, obviously, I'm going to be biased towards that. Yeah, you can, to put that you can say one. that's your number one. I could, I could, but I think I want to shed some light perhaps on other projects. Um, I can say that Azuki is definitely up there. I'll probably put Azuki number one. Reason being, they have an amazing community. Uh, one of the best uh, community-driven projects. I mean, it's the number number two project in the space. Um, their their artwork, their PFP is really brandable. 
even their second collection, the um, the beans, they're amazing. So I feel like they've done a really good job in terms of branding themselves. Great community, a lot of great sub communities within Azuki as well. And I feel like you joining Azuki, well, anyone joining Azuki um, will have a great time um, just navigating themselves through the space. Um, what? Oh, this is a this is a tough list. Um, if you don't have one, it's all right. <laughs> you know, it's a great question. Put you on the, put you on the no, fence. No, I'm I'm glad you did. Any tough questions, do throw them at me. But I've never actually given this any thought. I never had like a tier list of projects in my head, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're asking because now I'm really thinking about it. Um, Would you put the apes up there? Uh, yeah, no, of course. I think the ba- Basie is uh, like it's definitely number one because everyone who's not even in the crypto space or NFT space knows about Basie. I've had so many friends be like, oh, wait, Shiv, you're into NFTs? Do you have those apes? And I'm like, oh, well, board apes? Yeah, board apes. And I'm like, yeah, like, no. <laughs> but like, see, yeah. like, everyone knows about board apes. So it's like, okay, I'm not going to mention them because I feel like everyone can easily put them at number one. Anyone that's especially new in the space or whatever, Basie's number one in that sense. But I'm trying to think of other projects. Um, I'm going to definitely put this project up there. Um, so Funkari. I don't know if have you heard of, have you heard of Funkari? Um, I haven't. However, it's one of those ones where I might recognize it if I saw it, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, I'll say you you wouldn't recognize it in the sense because they just launched and their art, each artwork is unique to itself. So each one's a unique art piece. Um, each one looks different to each other. So it's a 200 collection and it's primarily like an alpha group. But it being a 200 uh, collection size, it's, uh, again, tight knit. And if, you, if you're part of uh, Funkari, it's like family in there. Um, great calls, high quality, a lot of opportunities in terms of networking, getting jobs in the space or just finding out early information. So uh, definitely look that up because it's, it's pretty good and it just recently minted. So um, congratulations, TMA. Um, you've done a hell of a job uh, creating, curating this uh, community. Um, but... What else would I put up there? Actually, I'm going to put an honorable mention because I can't think of like a third project, but something that I've had my eye on for a while. Actually, I'll mention two. Uh, the Sappy Seal, because they're literally everywhere in terms of branding themselves. They've done an incredible job, um, especially with the meme generator they have now. Creating content has never been easier. So if you're someone in this space really trying to grow their brand, Sappy Seals is something to worth like you know looking into at least because I feel like each Sappy Seal is just killing it in this space. And another one is Steady Stack. Have you heard of them? Which which one was that? Steady Stack. S- Steady Stack. I th- again, I think I have. Funnily enough, yeah, this is always what I say. I'm speaking to a load of NFT fans, and I'm actually a bigger fan of crypto. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, uh, You know what it is? You need, to, you need to put me on to some crypto projects. I'm uh, I could, bro. To. I could easily put you on some. But you'd have to do the same for NFTs. <laughs> so. Okay, I got you. So let me just list the ones I mentioned. So Azuki, um, Funkari. I'll, I'll send these to you after, like Funkari, um, Steady Stack, and Sappy Seal. So Steady Stack is... It's, how do I even explain Steady Stack? So they're a, basically a project focused primarily on trading and investing. And they have... And a big focus on education as well, educating the holders on how to invest, trade successfully. The founders are 
excellent salesmen from the Web2 space. They, they made millions. Um, and everything they put into SteadyStack is really high quality. So we're talking about everything from alpha, community itself, um, education. I've actually joined, I don't, I'm not personally a holder right now, but occasionally they do Zoom calls of their teachings and their seminars, which is really smart because it's a great way to see what they're about as well. So they're worth looking into it. I'll, I'll put you on. I'll put you on. No financial advice, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all right. No, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I mean, I'm always interested in finding some some new sort of product, uh, new projects to you know become a part of a, a community and invest in. Really, and there is there's plenty out there. It's just hard to sort of pick pick between them because there is so many. Um, and you know, when it comes to NFTs and projects like this, have you got any sort of utilities that are sort of especially exciting to you? Yeah. So like for the future. Yeah, definitely. And I kind of just hinted out with the content creation side of things. So I feel like a lot of projects have a lot, like a lot of overlap in terms of utility. You know, you have your basic getting a lot of whitelists, alpha calls, you name it. A lot of that stuff is quite redundant in this space. Uh, even like having a bot or like a tool. How many projects have done that, right? How many projects are trying to like do the same thing that's already been done pretty well? So... I think the utility that's quite excited me in recent time is content creation. A project that really endorses content creation is something that I'm looking forward towards. And that's something that uh, Sappy Seals started recently doing because uh, they realized that it's a great way to build your personal brand and really stick out compared to the ever like everyone else who's, who's not really producing content. And getting your name out there provides so much um in terms of sorry opportunities like there's, there's a lot of opportunities out there that you can get if you if you're able to market yourself really well so i think projects that really endorse content creation in a sense are ones to really look at because when the time comes and you've already built that following you've already built that name of yourself especially in this sort of, sort of market condition you're definitely going to be on top yeah, I like that one. I mean, I haven't, I haven't actually heard that one yet. I mean, there's there's been stuff about like um, obviously NFT proof of ownership and stuff like that's very standard of what people say. But content creation is a yeah is a side of it that I have not touched on in terms of the actual project side of it so much. Um, so I think that's a good one. And I, I had a had a project on here the other a few weeks ago now, and they're you know they're doing stuff with like creating cartoons and creating uh, you know products and stuff like this, which is all technically. I mean, it's different different to content, isn't it? But it's still creation of like artistic kind of um, stuff, right? And it's it's I like that sort of stuff. So you know, uh, and I like I like your uh, your take on that for the utilities. Um, I've got a couple more questions I'm going to ask you, Shiv, and then we're going to wrap it up. But um, I want to just ask you: Do you think that the market is bottomed yet? Do Do you reckon we're going to see lower, or is this it? Is this sort of the bottom is is it in? <laughs> so i've never been the best at you know studying charts and <clears throat> seeing how things are going in certain directions but there's been many times where we thought this is the bottom and then we just keep on going lower and lower um hmm, it's a great question i think maybe this is not the exact bottom just yet maybe but i think we're going to see a slow uprise slowly ever so slowly it'll probably just be at this um for a while the only reason where I can see we go to another bottom is there's another 
you know, global event that happens. You know, last year it was the war with Russia and Ukraine. And that was that took a big hit on the economy. And something up upon that level starts again. I can expect things to get much worse in terms of inflation and you name it. I mean, money, like you know how it is in the UK, things are stupidly expensive now. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not the greatest. I mean, meal deals are now almost four quid. Like, what has life become? It's not the one, honestly. So Meal deals and those McCoy's crisps, man, they're expensive now. They're really expensive. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, the cost of living crisis is... I think in the UK, I think it's going to get worse, actually. Uh, but in terms of, like, the general Web3 space, I think this is where we're going to be at for a while. I don't think it's going to drastically increase for a while. But I don't think it's going to get much lower unless there's a global financial crisis or something major that happens. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping myself that like if if the war in Ukraine actually somehow reaches an end this year, I don't know how. That's my hope for like the kickstart of getting us out of this economic mess. And hopefully, if the day that happens is the day that stuff slowly actually creeps up again and into the next bull cycle. That is my my thoughts. I do think that we've maybe bottomed in terms of like the Bitcoin price again, unless some black swan event happens but the ftx like ftx collapse was so big and like for something that big to happen again to send us down there i don't know i think it would have to be like a binance situation but i personally i think they're probably fine so mm -hmm. um now the the last thing i want to ask is actually if you've got any advice for newcomers to this space when it comes to investing in, in nfts and crypto and any sort of advice you can give for those those people yeah. Okay. This is, this is a great question to ask. So if I was starting from zero in terms of like, I'm joining this space, what would I do? Um, and if anyone's, you know, listening, what, what should they do? I think first thing before considering investing, right? Because I feel like it's so easy to invest in something because people are just pumping it. It's very common to see in this space. I'll say spend time primarily being in Twitter and just joining a few communities that have already been well-established and just spend time networking uh, per se at the beginning. Because you want to, when you're networking, you're hearing a lot of different opinions, you're hearing a lot of insight, a lot of education as well. And through that, you'll realize what is actually of value and you realize what is actually just, you know, bullshit. So if you're joining in, spend time on Twitter, become that reply guy. See who are already well-established founders in the space, well-established spokesmen, um, who have like a great track record and see what they're doing. And you will naturally progress to find other people by just interacting with them through just like being a reply guy. So what is being a reply guy, right? So necessarily on Twitter, if you're starting out, your tweets are not going to blow up. You're not going to get the greatest attraction to your tweets because you just don't have that following yet. But if you're replying on someone who's pretty much kind of made it in terms of the following and you have excellent replies, you're more likely to get clicks on your profile. More people are going to see what kind of character you are and what kind of content you're posting. So that will give you a big boost in your name in the sense as well. Another thing, branding is really important. Have a very clean brand. So if I were to click on your profile, your profile picture is something that I can easily recognize. Your banner is nothing that's, you know, out of the ordinary, or it can be, but it's, it's something that I could recognize again and that fits into your sort of aesthetic and theme. Um, so, okay, so two things I just mentioned right there, being a reply guy, looking up to, not looking up, but kind of just um, taking notes for people who have already been kind of well-established and spending time in some communities and just networking. Once you focus on all of that, then you'll realize where you want to put your bags into. 
and you kind of just naturally grow from there because that's how I did it in the sense of I literally just went into a project that was just kind of hyped and I just learned so much by talking to people before I started investing. Yeah, it's good to get that community behind you, you know, find a good uh, group of people who can help you make some of these, not, you know, don't necessarily listen to their financial advice, but people can point you in the right direction. And if, if you've got a trustworthy group of people um, and people who you know have been in the space for a long time, they can obviously help you out quite a lot when it comes to this sort of thing. And uh, yeah, good advice all round. And uh, Shiv, I'm going to end this with, uh, I've, got, I've got five little quick fire questions for you. I like doing this with the individual people I get on. Um, I'm going to say one word answers like, you know, or as short as possible, right? So I'm going to bring these at you now. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Ethereum or Solana? Ethereum. Bitcoin or Ethereum? Bitcoin. 100,000 followers or $100,000? 100,000 followers. Azuki or Mutant Apes? Azuki. And the last one, the, the all-important one I ask every single person, should the listeners rate the podcast five-star? 100%. It was a six-star option, you should do six-star. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, man. And if there's, you know, if there's anything else we haven't covered you'd like to talk about, man, now's the chance, you know, if you, if you want to tell the listeners how they can support you or anything like this, you know, anything uh, you want to I add. mean, this is probably one of the best spaces I've actually ever been on. One of the best conversations I've actually had with someone. I feel like I've learned a lot, a lot about myself, just like talking about myself. <laughs> You're just saying that, man. <laughs> no, I'm, that. I'm really serious. Um, this was a great conversation because it opened my eyes in terms of stuff that I don't really think about often. So I'm going to have to go back and like really think about, wow, you know, I actually never put much thought towards this. If I do ever get asked it again, how will I approach this question? So thank you for that. Um, ooh. Any improvements? Not really. You really kept me enticed throughout the whole thing. The questions flowed really well into each other. And, you know, props to you, man. It, it's always really nice to talk to another Brit, which you don't see <laughs> yeah, much in sure, this space. Man. I know. It's, we're outnumbered by the Americans, man. Know, man. There needs <laughs> nah, to be an uprise. <laughs> yeah. It's good, though, bro. It's good to have a fellow a fellow British voice here. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been a good episode. I can't wait to uh, put it out on, you know, on Spotify. Uh, apple and all this stuff i think it'll be quite quite a banger yeah i actually can't wait to listen back to this um perhaps maybe like a couple months down the line and perhaps see things how things have changed <laughs> i mean how about uh, this shit we'll get we'll get you back in a few months see how you're doing we'll keep track incredible. of that follow account that'll, that'll be a lot of fun to do um <laughs> if you guys are listening in um if you like shiv now you'll love shiv in a couple months so um stay tuned for more um <laughs> and you know definitely give money rich all his love and praise because he, he deserves it man this was really well done um podcast i actually enjoyed it a lot and hopefully you learn more about the man behind the jpeg 100% and I'll uh, I'll link all of Shiv's Shiv's information in the in the podcast description so everyone can find him and you know definitely drop him a follow he provides serious value and alpha and he's just a great guy so you know give him a follow and let's, let's get him to that 50k mark by the end of the year yeah. <laughs>